Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Um, uh, annoyed, um, which is like, I don't know. I'm like Lewis Black or whatever. I'm annoyed a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> Watch those fingers. They're going all over the place. Um, but I'm annoyed at something that I saw on Twitter, which is not un- yeah. uncommon. But then I'm also annoyed at myself for getting annoyed by it. Okay. Because it's about TV. We're a movie podcast. I had largely... Now I'm annoyed that you're bringing it up. <laughs> I had largely gotten away from watching most TV out of a handful of reality shows until mm. the pandemic, and now all they do is watch uh, television. What I, uh, a television show that I haven't watched is uh, Loki. Oh, okay. But um, <clears throat> uh, I, 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 I wanted to use this, my, this bully pulpit, this platform, okay, to clarify to everyone what is and isn't a spoiler when it comes to television because oh. the rules are different okay TV than movies this is this is uh, helpful for me i'm i'm curious oh, then, well this is just my I mean, this is my rules but i'm uh but basically with tv here's what ha- okay you know, i'm gonna back up here's what happened uh our friends over at slash film posted a uh um after the first episode of loki aired or whatever you call it when dropped i guess mm-hmm. is what you say when it's streaming um they posted this fun article that was like, Hey, here's the real history of this thing that happened in this episode. Okay. And they got all these comments like, uh, spoilers. Um, can you, I can't believe you would. Do, and it's like, it already aired. So my, my rule, and I think this should be the rule for television is that once a thing has aired slash dropped, the impetus is on you to stay away. I would, I would agree with that. Um, cause this came out yeah, a lot. <laughs> I remember one time. Okay. I'm sure you <laughs> you know this experience. You have your friends, mm-hmm. and then you have people you call your friends, but they're really your wife's friends, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. There's only so far you can go with your... So, uh, basically, um, uh, years ago, a mutual friend of our friend group had like posted something about an episode of Game of Thrones like right after it aired mm-hmm. on Facebook. And my wife's friend was like, so pissed. We were like talking about it at a bar. She was like so pissed. She was like, I can't believe she ruined that for me. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, usually if, and I, I didn't like do it like here on the podcast, I'm like a jerk or whatever, but in real life, I'm not that big a jerk. Uh, I was doing it more like, Oh, you know, I generally, you know, I just try to stay away from social media. If I haven't seen a thing that aired and Natalie's friend, who is also my friend, but Natalie's friend first, sure. like really pushed back against me. And I was like, I, I can't push this any yeah. further. This is not- <laughs> I, you know what? Here's the deal. Uh, I think I'm, I'm a little bit more, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily on her side, but like that, that, uh, slash film things like if, if you're like, if you're going to a website or something like that, or I guess Even, they, no, it's they like, on Twitter, on, on Twitter, um, but yeah, it's you. I think I think yes, you can try to avoid that sort of thing. But like, if it's just like a random friend on Facebook or Twitter, and they just throw out this major thing, I'm not saying you need to be angry. But I can definitely, or, or that you're justified in being angry. But I can definitely see the idea of like just casually scrolling, and then this thing pops up. But if it's a water cooler show, exactly. If it's like, a show like Loki or yeah. Game of Thrones or The Mandalorian, and any of these other yeah, things, yeah, and it's just happened, yeah. Shouldn't shouldn't you know not to? Like, uh, uh, I do think that perhaps uh, I don't think this is a hot take. I think the internet kind of uh, 
engenders a certain entitlement uh, where people are like, no, whatever I want to know or don't or don't want to know, you need to accommodate that somehow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, please do it right now. And also this thing, um, this he- these people are, are even crazier because the slash film headline wasn't like, because I've sensed because I'm who I am. I'm one of those people who is like, I'm probably never going to watch Loki, but I want to know about it. So yeah. like, I know what happened in the first episode of okay. Loki. This thing wasn't a plot. Like spo- it was like, Hey, Loki made reference to this real life historical thing that happened. Like there's a bunch of other shit that happened in the episode. That's like a way bigger deal. Yeah. Uh, so just like, I don't understand people who like, why do you even follow slash film on Twitter? If you think that any yeah. information whatsoever is a spoiler. That I think is, is my bigger issue is that any plot point in TV or movies is now treated as a spoiler. Like I, I, on a, on a Facebook group, what is it? I think it's, I don't remember what Facebook group it was, but they referenced that someone had posted a publicity still from a certain movie. Uh-huh. And there, there's like, I can't believe someone would post that. Like, I try to be free of spoilers. Like, it's a publicity still. And yeah. the person is just talking about this movie. Like, they pro- they, the still is probably not from a key twist in the, <laughs> in the plot. Yeah. Uh, they're probably not that uh, self-sabotaging. And so, uh, but I think that is the thing that really bothers me is, because there, there was a time in my life when, if there's a twist or a reveal or something like that, you, you don't spoil that for people, but increasingly it's li- it's literally anything like yeah. simply don't talk about it yeah. about it at all. Otherwise I've, I've seen people get mad. It's like, well, I didn't know. I didn't know he would like people are like, Oh, I can't believe that. So-and-so. And it's not like, Oh, Mark Hamill shows up in uh, the Mandalorian. That's a few months old. Anyway, yeah, I'm fine with you saying yeah. it. I knew it because I'm yeah. again, one of those crazy people, but like, <clears throat> It's not even like a big reveal, but just the fact that someone showed up in a in a TV show and they're not a regular cast member and they're a name and that's it. It's not a it, it wasn't even a big reveal. And I uh, for like me, I can't remember what it was, but I I was familiar with the show. And someone's like, well, I didn't know they were going to be in. And I was just like, so you did someone man, like a guest star like, uh, yeah. Neil McDonough in season three of justified. Exactly. <laughs> That's the one. No. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, this is probably just you and me being like old men and, and being upset. But I feel like in this case, it's other people are more upset and yep. we are, and we are annoyed at ourselves for getting annoyed yes. at them. Yes. And especially with TV. Cause I've tried not to be as much of a TV person as I used to be. Yeah. Um, but now, uh, before we get into the other thing, what is what do you think because i'm I'm very hard and fast obviously on what constitutes or, or when spoilers can be lifted for TV which for TV? is once the thing is aired what do you think the rule is for movies because here's what I'll say and I, think, I will say for TV I think i'm I'm willing to be a little bit more okay so you're I'd say more by the time the next episode has aired oh you're saying a week okay because I, I would give say it a week for movies personally I would be okay with just a week before it's a uh, uh, I can't think uh, <laughs> free reign but um, I think more practically for movies I would say maybe once it's available to view at home but I guess in the pandemic that means that means right away that means you can give yeah. more combat spoilers right away yeah um, 
But then again, that's different because it's not available for everyone. If something, yeah. if something is exclusive to a particular streaming service, maybe you don't do that. But once it's like rentable across multiple VOD fl- platforms, maybe that is when the spoiler embargo. Maybe lifts. I don't know. I'm I'm perfectly fine to be like, it dropped on this thing. It's a big event. It could potentially be a system seller in video game terms. And uh, I'll give it a week. Maybe a week. two. Okay. All right. Maybe two. Well, speaking of television, I have the other yeah. thing I want to uh, uh, announce. My my wife, Natalie, and I have been working on uh, a new podcast, and it's finally out. We did sort of a soft launch. Launch? Soft launch. I went very Midwestern there. Uh, soft launch. Um <laughs> Uh, there are still words that I can't say without my Midwestern accent. Mm. Um, the one I literally don't, that Natalie still makes fun of me is college. Like after high school, you go to, co- and I still say college. C A H, I guess. Yeah. Not college, not like, oh, yeah. not Boston style. Yeah. College. Yeah. And I don't know how to say, like I can't, whereas with like, I know I can make myself say gone. But I, w- I want to say gone. Like, gone. Huh, interesting. David Fincher's Gone Girl. That's how I, that's how I, that's how I naturally <laughs> yeah. want to say it. I can force myself to say gone the right way. I can't force, I can't say college any other way than my Midwestern way. I have to try hard um, not to say Gone Goyle. Because um, <laughs> uh, I'm a 1930s uh, yeah. movie thug. Um, uh, oh, jeez, I got so out of left field here. Um, we did a soft launch. It's available. The first episode is available now um, uh, of our, our, our new podcast. We've already recorded uh, a bunch of them. So if you don't like the first episode because it, we're awkward and new at it, we, we, we figure out fine. our rhythms. Uh, anyway, the podcast um, is an idea that I had years ago. And every once in a while I would just mention to Natalie, like, this would be a fun thing for us to do together. Um, and she would be like, I don't want to do a podcast. And then, uh, it took, you know, a year of quarantine where she was like, I think I'm ready. Uh, so now the quarantine's over. We should have started the podcast a year ago. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, we're doing a podcast and the name of the podcast is the one where I met your mother. And it is a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. The premise is that every episode or every episode of our podcast, we will watch one episode of each show um, for as long as they match up. There will be sometimes where there's more friends mm-hmm. at the end of a season. So sure. we will do some friends only episodes. But uh, so the first episode, we watched the pilot of friends and the pilot of how I met your mother. We talk about the two shows separately, but we also kind of compare their worldviews and, and, uh, um, and and just simply which episode we liked better um and 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 we compare maybe how uh attitudes among <laughs> i guess uh actors in los angeles pretending to be white 30 something new yorkers changed in the 10 years in between the yeah. two shows um anyway we'll uh we'll discuss all that and have fun we'll also point out um We'll have fun segments and point out our favorite fashion moments. That's something that maybe is probably not in the first episode, but that we've decided uh, uh, we're going to focus on fashion a little bit, have a little fashion segment, uh, which which is fun. Then, and the reason we're doing it is because I've never been a Friends guy. I, I've picked up a lot of Friends and seen some of the early episodes and reruns and picked that up through the cultural osmosis or whatever, but I've, I've like never been in to friends and i was very into how i met your mother which natalie had essentially never even watched mm-hmm. i like she's way less familiar with how i met your mother than i was with 
and with friends. Um, but to me, they, they represented like such different things like friends. Uh, and I talk about this in the first episode, so I won't go too far into it, but basically the friends hang out at a coffee shop, yeah. which I always thought was lame. The how I met your mother gang hang out at a bar which is more relatable. Um, and so those are kind of like our, uh, um, our, 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 uh, entry points into the two different shows, the coffee versus booze yeah. or, 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 or whatever. But, um, I would say nine episodes we've recorded nine at this point. Um, I am already very surprised, um, by my feelings toward the two shows at this point in their run. Okay. Um, and uh, that's all I'll say. But uh, yeah, uh, the one where I met your mother, uh, check it out at battleshipretention.com, but also you can subscribe to it through all the normal places. Thank you for letting me do that ad. No problem. Tyler, speaking of ads, I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Uh, Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Um, what was I listening to? today that 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 stuck out to me um yeah new uh song by uh oh okay i'll um uh this week's um i'll say this because i actually think you would like this band okay um uh the or a recent uh stereogum.com does like a band to watch every once in a while and their most recent band to watch is a north carolina band called wednesday, wednesday. um and they're kind of like uh sort of uh lo-fi indie but like country tinged okay uh band they're 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 really good um check them out sounds great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Uh, well, you kind of teased, I think, last week or in the last movie journal that we'd be doing kind of kind of a companion piece to last week's episode. Yeah. Um, so uh, why don't you, um, while keeping an eye on your baby monitor. Yeah. That one time I was at um, I was at the home of friend of the show Frank Feel My Wrath McGrath, mm-hmm. and he came out from his when his kid was still a baby, came out from his baby's room holding the like video monitor thing and said, "Hey, want to see something creepy?" and showed it to me, and I realized, oh, there's a delay, and it looked like he was still in it. Like, so I'm watching the thing, and I'm seeing Frank, who just handed me the oh, thing. Oh, it's like Lost like, Highway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I should have saved that uh, story for Halloween. Uh, why don't you explain the episode? So, uh, yeah, so last week we were talking about movies that we grew up with or watched when we were younger, um, 
and liked at the time. And then as we've gotten older, we realize, oh, you know what? Maybe that's not that great. Um, and so, and, and in realizing that we are sort of out of step with people of our generation because there are people that will still defend clue or hook or any number or any number of the movies that we talked about last week. Um, yeah, we haven't gotten, I I post the episode late because of, uh, as mentioned, the BP Movie Journal this week. I'm incredibly busy lately, yes, yes. but uh, so far we haven't gotten as many, as much uh, feedback as I would have thought of people saying, "How how dare you?" But maybe it'll come. Eh, I I feel like our well, first off, like there's no guarantee that our listeners are our age. I do think that it. Uh, I do think that it it varies. Yeah, uh, obviously. Um, I'm sure I've talked about my uh, my theory about pop culture generations, right? Okay, no, I don't think you have. Oh, so. You know, the sort of the general thinking is that uh, there, every every 20 years is a new generation. I think that's true okay. of every five years with a pop cult, with pop culture. That if you if there is somebody that is five years older than you or five years younger than you, they'll probably get the same references. You start getting outside of that, uh, specifically like from when you were young. Yeah. Um, you go outside of that and suddenly, whether it be music or cartoons or movies, and something that was a, a vital part of your childhood is something they may knew, may have known about, but it was not a thing that you could guarantee yeah. that they saw. I'm going to tell you something that the listeners already know because it happened on the podcast when you weren't here. Okay. Because this has happened before with uh, our friend Scott, who is like generally of our generation, but is also mm. like four and a half years younger than we are. And sometimes yeah. things will just come up that he... So when Scott and Julie were on the TCM wrap-up about mm-hmm. a month ago... Um, uh, Julie started to talk about the the movie Fame, and she said, uh, "I alone watched Fame." And Kyle, who was more our age, yeah. started singing to the tune of the the live song. I alone watched Fame. <laughs> Scott and Julie had just blank faces; had yes. no idea yes. what that reference was. That's but that's like because yeah, I was probably in seventh grade, mm-hmm. so they were in third or second grade yeah Yeah. and it's especially when you get into like pg-13 level um because now they're really it's like okay they're at that they're like eight and that's not that that's probably not quite old enough for parents to feel like this is an okay thing for our kids to see and by the time they are at that age maybe like 11 or 12 then that movie is no longer really in the conversation so anyway um but, uh, but yeah, so it was just you and me talking about, <laughs> that's, that's Brago. He's back. He's still here. Um, but, uh, you know, so essentially it's you and I saying we're smarter than other people our age, obviously. Uh, but wait, there's more, yeah. more we can do with that. Um, cause I was thinking about movies that, uh, as I was, you know, last week making a list of like movies from when I was younger that I didn't like, I realized like, Oh wait, no, some of these are movies I didn't like at the time that other people love, you know, as opposed to going back to, you know, hook or willow or something like that. I liked it at the time and now I don't, but then there are other films that's just like, Nope, even then I didn't care for it. Not to, not necessarily because it was a bad movie. Uh, often it is, that is the case. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it just wasn't, it just wasn't my thing. And so I was like, I was out of touch with my generation back then as well with certain movies. Yeah. And there, there are a couple that I wanted to, to start off with, um, because 
they are pivotal moments in my movie watching. And I, I want to I want to give out a couple of examples that wouldn't fit for me at okay. least. You're not talking about movies like Reality Bites, which I didn't see when it came out, only saw recently and and by reason I mean five six years ago and yeah. was like this movie sucks uh, no because um, uh, I have the, I'm that way with Dead Poet Society which so many people our age thought it was amazing they really loved it I didn't see it until probably college uh, and did not care for it I might ha- I loved Dead Poet Society as a kid I watched it multiple times I haven't yeah. seen it since I was a kid I don't but it's still Peter Weir it's got to have some good stuff in it right I would have, uh, probably yes. I think, but I think it, it's just it's so overwhelmed by that uh, Robin Williams performance, and it's the it's not like restrained Goodwill Hunting insomnia Robin Williams. It is full on Good Morning Vietnam, right? Aladdin which I also, Robin also Williams, never saw. Um, um, which I just don't think works for that. I, I think he just he just absorbs the he just taints the rest of the film. Uh, and you're also not talking about something like, at least for me, American Beauty, which I did like, like everyone else did when it came out. Sure. And then I feel like I feel like everyone kind of turned on that and one. quick. Like it felt like it was only a few years, uh, a few years before we were like, yeah. well, what, what were we all, what were we all smoking? Well, <laughs> it's, is- it was so of the moment. I think that uh, that yeah, the minute the moment is over, everyone thinks. Oh no, that's not, that wasn't for us. But what was it about that moment? Was it just, um, I think it was just like in the U S it's like, all right, it's the end of the end of the Clinton era, end of the, um, millennium. And, and I think there was a very specific type of nineties filmmaking uh, which we talked about many years ago with Josh, uh, Josh Long talking about like, like indie filmmakings and I specific, I think nineties indie filmmaking, not that American beauty was indie, but I it was heavily influenced by that. Uh, probably that a big part of the reason that I came so quickly to dislike it is that I was only 17 when it came out within the next few years. I saw a lot of other American indie films yeah. in the nineties and realized, Oh, this is the corporate cover band version. Of, yeah. Of, Still uh, movie, some movies that I probably don't like. And either. some stuff holds up, of course, visually. I think it's great. Kind of all. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think some of the sensibilities, uh, which, yeah, it is. Oh, this, the, these sensibilities have gone mainstream and now we're all seeing those. And then you see the, as you get older, you see the more raw version of that and you're like, Oh yes, this is better. Than than this, I would say vaguely compromised, much more on the nose uh, mm-hmm. aspect of things. Anyway, um, okay, so yeah, uh, are movies- you uh, sorry? I'm going to keep throwing out movies that don't quite fit. Sure. To, are you open? Is there a possibility that some of these movies on your list, if you watch them again now, you might like them? There's a possibility. I I tried to like as I made my list. I tried to like <clears throat> run things through that filter. And if the, if I thought there was the possibility, I mostly left them off. Okay, because I'm thinking about things that I haven't seen since they were new, like Cruel Intentions or Bring It On that I know people sure. my age love, and I was maybe too male and too locked into what was cool what i thought what i thought was cool and none of those movies seemed cool to me like but maybe i would like cruel intentions and bring it on if i watched them there is one on here that i think 
were I to watch it again, I'm pretty sure I would like it. Okay. Uh, which is Wayne's World. I never, oh, yeah. whether it be the sketches or the movies, I, as a kid, never responded to Wayne's World. I just didn't see what was funny about it, and I don't think I got a handle on what it was supposed to be. Um, and I think, and it's weird, because as a kid, I, st- I still enjoyed, like, absurdity in uh, in movies. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so... I, but I think I would definitely like it more now. Uh, so that one, I'm, 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 all, I'm, I'm fairly positive that if I were to rewatch it, I'd enjoy it. There's one on my list that I haven't seen since the theater, and I'm, just, I'm a hundred percent sure that I would like it now. But I just was not, couldn't wrap my head around the whole idea of like Wusha and people running across leaves and stuff. But Crouching Tiger, Hidden yeah. Dragon, like completely. I was in, I was just not in the right headspace at that age yeah. to like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I did not get it. Uh, I'm certain I would like it now. I, you know what? That's one. I I liked it. Didn't love it. I certainly wasn't as over the moon about it as as some people because I think for a lot of people I think it was their first time seeing something like that, including me. Uh, and I think they were just so bowled over by it. And as for myself, I think I I I thought that it was like all style and no substance at a time when that for me was a criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, as time has gone on, I've kind of come to embrace that. And in fact, and the idea that like the style is the substance. Um, right. And so yeah. I do think that that's a movie that I would, I would probably watch now and <clears throat> greatly appreciate. Um, but right. okay. Now, now go ahead. Cause I don't have okay. any more uh, examples. So I'm going to start off with, with two. Well, not it's officially like four movies, but I'm going to I'm going to mention the first movie and I think I've said it on the show before but the first movie that I remember looking forward to and then seeing and not liking. Hmm. Cuz I think I liked movies so much that even just going to see a movie was enough for me to enjoy it. Like and I would just even if I didn't revisit it um I think I would, I just enjoyed especially seeing a movie in a theater. I think I was just always excited about that. But when I finally saw super Mario brothers, which apparently has just gotten like some kind of direct, uh, like two hour and 20 minute director's cut. Oh, I saw something about it being like restored or something. Yeah. Yeah, Which of course I'm going to watch when I have the time, maybe, I don't know (laughs) if I just, I'd say about 17 and a half years. But, uh, but yeah, like that was one that I knew that it was going to be visually different than, than the games, but I liked Bob Hoskins because I had seen him in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Hook, and obviously Mona Lisa. I'm joking, of course. I didn't see that until <laughs> many years later, but uh, but he is great in Mona Lisa, by the way, um, and The Long Good Friday. Like it, early Bob Hoskins was, he was always great, but like he was really like this uh, fireball of a performer, especially in uh, Long Good Friday. Anyway, um, so. So yeah, I was excited to see it and then watched it with as o- as much an open mind as I could and I was like this is not good and I don't know why I don't know why they chose to make it this way. Um and that was probably about as far as I could go mm-hmm. as far as like understanding why I didn't like it because I don't think I would have used the word choice. Like, why did they make these choices? Right. I, I was just like, I just don't understand why this is this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that was the first instance that I can really remember of genuine disappointment in seeing a movie that I was anticipating. 
Yeah, I can't think of... I've tried to think of what that experience was for me of like, because going to the movies was such a big deal that I, yeah. as I talked about last week, I, I just liked movies. Yeah. Probably up until high school, I just liked movies, liked yeah. going to the movies. So I'm not sure what I would have seen in high school that would have let me down. I mean, I, it, that's the thing. There are movies, there are movies previously that I didn't like, but there are movies that they, that I was not anticipating. There are movies that my parents said, oh, let's watch this. Okay. And so like I went to go see Star Trek five. Oh yeah. You told me that. Yeah. Talked about that. Uh, too young for Star Trek five, not because it's inappropriate, <laughs> but because it's a Star Trek movie and didn't have humpback whales in it. So, you know, how, why would I be interested? Um, so anyway, so, uh, Super Mario brothers was the first movie I wanted to mention. I also wanted to mention the one, two, three punch of, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and The Wedding Singer. Oh. Now, all, mo- all movies that I like. Here's the thing. There are things I love about them now. Happy Gilmore probably being my, of the three, my most favorite at the time, but probably my least favorite now. Uh, Happy Gilmore? Yeah, yeah. I think that's my least favorite. I'm a Billy Madison guy. Yeah. And, and Wedding Singer's got some good stuff in it as well. But I think... Yeah, that's, I mean, was that like the first time we saw like sweet like sweet tender adam sandler was that the first i think so yeah because that was before big daddy yes yes yeah um yeah but i specifically like i mean i saw all three of them in the theater and i enjoy and and i enjoyed them I, i i enjoyed them at the time up to a point and i saw the way my peers were talking about them and i was like yeah i mean i like them but not like that and so those three movies which in retrospect, I think I, I like more now and I liked them then, but I found them unsatisfying. And those were the three movies that I would point to just Adam Sandler aimed at my age, which is like 13, 14, 15. Those are the ones I point to and say like, I like movies more than what is being offered to me. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said like, what else is out there? And I, uh, the first thing I did was I grabbed a videotape that my uh, mom owned called Oscar's Greatest Moments from 1970 to 1990. And uh, so that's the thing is like, so I wanted to mention that because these, those were movies that I did like at the time, but I didn't like them. (laughs) I didn't like them enough to, uh, to be satisfied with them. And in fact, they spurred me on to this. Um, yeah, I am. Uh, this is going to sound judgmental. I don't mean it that way, but we're all friends here. And sure. the listeners are more people like me than these kind of people. But I am fascinated by people who love movies, but have no interest in going beneath the, the surface. Yeah. It's, it seems with music, too. Like people who love music, love to talk about music, love to listen to music, but they only know what is, like, I was going to say on the radio. I don't know who listens to the radio anymore. But that's sort yeah. of like that. I'd, I, it's, I don't mean it to be a judgmental. It's just very fascinating to me to be like, how can you be this passionate and this yes. and this sated at the same time? That it's it sounds inherently judgmental, but I'm exa- I'm right there with you because it is the things like it's like it doesn't occur to you that there is something deeper, even in the ones that you've seen. Yeah, uh, and it's not because you're. It's not because peop, that person is dumb. In fact, often the the people that I'm ta- that we're talking about in my experience are extremely intelligent. 
they just don't think metaphorically. They don't think from a deconstruction standpoint. And they view movies as just, again, I I don't mean to say just entertainment because I love entertaining movies, but they see it as solely a thing to be consumed in the moment, enjoy it or don't enjoy it. And then you move on to the next thing, whether it be a movie or something else. And I'm not saying that's a bad way to live. It's just one that I cannot comprehend because even as a, even as a kid, I felt that there was something more, even if I couldn't, uh, identify it. Um, well, you remind me of something this again, doesn't quite fit. Cause I can only think of like two or three that really fit this topic, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're talking about like the kids at school loving like Billy Madison. I remember because I, like most people didn't see Austin Powers in the theater. Hmm. I only saw it as it started to take on its life and home video. Cause it was, yeah. that's people who are young. Maybe don't know. Austin Powers was kind of a flop when it came out in the theater and then had a huge, I did following. my part. I saw it like three times. <laughs> I had a huge, uh, did huge with home video and that's why they, uh, made more of them. But so that's how I like, and the kids in my high school were like, they, they loved it. And I was like, this movie sounds stupid, but I watched it and I realized, Oh no, this movie's great. Yeah. It's just, the other kids in my high school like all the dumbest parts. Yes. Which is why then, and maybe this one does fit the mold. I've never liked Spy Who Shagged Me because it felt, sure. Spy Who Shagged Me felt like they just listen. Oh, people just like when he yeah. says, hey, yeah, baby, or whatever. And like they, they, they like the broadest possible jokes. Let's just do a movie that's essentially all the broad jokes yeah. and not the like the weird, specific creepy subtle things that go on in Austin Powers that I, uh, I really love, you know? Yeah. The, uh, 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 shorn scrotum (laughs) (laughs) made absurd uh, claims. Like he invented the question mark. Um, yeah, it's stuff like that is delightful. And the first, I feel like the first one more than the second. And frankly, I didn't see the third. I, I've, I saw the third. I've been told I would enjoy, I would enjoy it. I think at least part of it. My, my feeling is that the third was an improvement, but it's still, um, mostly wheel spinning. And just as that thing of like, what if this, but more like it's very, it's very excessive. There are so many cameos in the movie and, and stuff like that. Um, but it does like fun, Mike Myers stuff where there's a part where he um, is having like a conversation in Japanese, um, but they're eating like from these like uh, wooden like plates. And every time they set down a plate, it gets in front of the subtitles. Mm. And so like uh, Austin Powers keeps thinking the Japanese guy is saying these like heinous things oh, and then he'll just reach and like move the plate over and like, no, that's what I said. That's a, that's a Mike Myers type of that's joke. It, very that, much so. Yes. Um, and that's in oh, the that's third one. I, I, yeah. I like that. I remember liking that bit. Yeah. And that's the thing is like the first one, I enjoyed so many of the, of the spy things, uh, and, and jokes about, uh, like, like when, when Austin is trying to figure out the timeline thing and he goes, Oh, I've gone cross-eyed. And then Michael York, he goes, Oh, just try to relax and have a good time. And he looks at the camera's like, and you too. Uh, I love that, that sort of thing. And I feel like the second one just steered into the more crass. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not opposed to crass, but not necessarily, at yeah. the expense of all this other stuff. Is but I don't a know if you get anything in the second one, like, <laughs> him trying to turn that vehicle around in the tiny hallway <laughs> and like, oh man, like, I mean, this is, uh, um, what's his name? Sick boy, uh, in train spotting has the whole thing about like, yeah. 
you've got it and then you lose it. And once you lose it, it's gone for good. Yeah. And I, it's sad to say about Mike Myers, but man, this, he had it that one for, oh, yeah. for the the nineties, uh, especially. And it seems like it's gone for good. And yeah. And for 20 years now at this point, but like, yeah, Wayne's world and Austin powers, uh, and Wayne's world too, which I actually was a movie that I, thought of as like lesser it still is lesser but i rewatched during the pandemic um and was like oh no wait i didn't give wayne's world 2 enough credit it's uh, uh it's it's quite good but uh austin powers and wayne's world one i guess are my favorite of the mike myers movies did you ever read that um the excerpt of the Dieter screenplay that leaked like forever ago. No, super weird. And it's from the time that he had it. And I really wish he had gotten to make the Dieter movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, that is, it is unfortunate. Cause yeah, like you look at some of that stuff. It's like, yeah, that's genius. <laughs> I can only describe it as yeah. genius. Um, so I, so I mentioned like these, this, these three movies from, um, uh, Adam, the Adam Sandler movies. Um, I will also mention in when we were young, there were a lot of fighter pilot movies. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like I did not like Top Gun, still don't like Top Gun. I didn't like Iron Eagle. I didn't like Flight of the Intruder. And of course, it's like, well, Top yeah. Gun did well. So, of course, they're, that's why they're making these other things. Yeah. But I just for whatever reason, Stuff that was like vehicle based. Like I didn't like Transformers. I didn't collect Transformers. Huh. I would only, as far as like action figures, I would buy a vehicle. You know, if I can put my my toys in them, because like my Ghostbusters need Ecto One. They gotta get to mm. the ghosts somehow. Yeah, but um, can't fly. Yeah, they're not. I mean, Slimer, I guess. Yeah, but I didn't like the idea that he was like a full on part of the team. Anyway, that's okay. neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, and so like anything that was like vehicle based, whether it be like monster trucks or cars, or in this case, uh, like fighter jets, I just found tremendously boring as a kid. And now when I watch them, I just see like they're they're trying to play into, and this is not a crime either, but trying to play into a very specific type of eighties masculinity that I had no use for then, and I have even less use for now. Hmm. And so yeah, but like. When Jen and I went and saw A Quiet Place Part Two, we saw a trailer for Top Gun Maverick, and you would and I I heard like positive murmuring in the theater. I was like, I I I don't care, I don't care. I I, that's one I actually would love to rewatch because I haven't seen it since I was a little kid, uh, and I liked it uh, because I guess I was one of those kids that liked it. Um, But now I wonder if I would like it just because of all the. Just because of Tony Scott, like uh, yeah, if, if I might like, that, I would probably that element of it. I probably like some certain story elements more, like the the death of Goose and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, like that's when I think of movies. When I think of movies that people my age kind of revere, and that I don't like now and didn't like then, Top Gun is at the top of my list followed very quickly i've given it as many chances as i can i do not like tombstone yes oh, val, kilmer, it, val kilmer is all well and good and i think people are mistaking that one good performance for a uh, a movie that they like but like i i love westerns at this point and i like all different kinds of westerns i cannot get behind tombstone i didn't like it then i don't like it now i i and and people love it yeah this is um I'm realizing this is the issue is that I haven't 
I haven't given films a second chance. Like I, uh, yeah, and, I haven't yeah. rewatched uh, uh, Tombstone. I don't remember disliking it, but I definitely don't remember liking it that much either. Yeah, it's I can't. And so many, like I've, I, I know people have gotten tattoos that are related to like Doc Holliday and all that. And just, uh, I've seen memes of powers booth, uh, yeah. in it. And yeah, just, uh, it's just one of those things like, yeah, this is uh, no, I saw it and I saw it when I, I, Hey, I was probably thrilled to be watching a rated R movie with my brother, but nope, still didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested and I think we taught you can find it buried somewhere in our five hour episode about Westerns mm-hmm. with, with Mariah, but the, the whole, just the stories around tombstone and how it got made yeah. are all really fascinating. Oh yeah. But, infinitely uh, more interesting than the movie. Um, in my opinion, Kevin Costner was supposed to play Wyatt Earp, but he wanted to make it more of a Wyatt Earp movie and yeah. less of an ensemble movie. So he yeah. took his ball, he took his ideas and went and made his own Wyatt yeah. Earp movie. And then, um, Kurt Russell actually did the opposite. He cut Wyatt Earp scenes out of the screenplay to make it yeah. more of an ensemble. And also directed the movie himself, hired George P. Cosmatos yeah. to be the director, but actually directed the movie himself, told George P. Cosmatos, I promise I will not reveal that I'm the one who directed this movie as long as you're alive. Waited about a week after George P. Cosmatos died, in which he gave an interview saying that he directed the whole thing. Hey, that's uh, made I, of his word. I, uh, I, I love, uh, I, 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 I have, I feel like early and maybe some, I certainly know some cinephiles who never grow out of that. I see that's even a judgmental way to say it, but they never lose that love for Hollywood lore. Sure. I don't care about Hollywood lore anymore. It has to be, uh, it has to be a good story. And I feel like that, that one's oh, a sure. good enough story, but it's just like, I've, um, I, I don't want uh, this is a personal thing because I know everyone loves the, like you must remember this podcast. And it's like, yeah. I just can't find that stuff interesting enough. Yeah. I, it's I, nothing to do with her. I, I think Karina Longworth, I've listened to it. Karina Longworth is a great podcaster. She's a great yeah. storyteller. It's just that there's, there's a level of interest that I don't have there. I feel like it's the same reason that when going to a screening, I don't read the director's notes. I don't like Q and A's. I don't really listen to commentaries anymore, except no. maybe like a critic's commentary. Uh, but like, I'm not really that interested in making of stuff because I feel like, well, now you're just tainting the movie for me. Um, yeah. because if I know how difficult this was, then I might actually, if I know how difficult it is to make a movie I don't like, I might like it more. And that's unnatural. <laughs> like yeah. uh, the movie yeah, is not speaking true. for itself anymore. And you know what? If you are going to do a making of thing, have it be like hearts of darkness. All right. Make it, make it its own, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. work of art. All right. Um, I'll toss out one that I know, you know, and the listeners probably know, um, uh, fight club. I don't like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like Fight Club, and I feel like I, I don't know where public consensus is on that now. I feel like some people have turned away from Fight Club, but also because David Fincher has become so beloved, rightfully because he's made a bunch of great movies yeah. since then. Um, there's still a lot of resu- residual affection for for Fight Club, but I thought it was um, insultingly dumb uh, and superficial and reductive about masculinity um and most of the other things yeah. um 
that it's about, uh, even at the uh, at the time. Um, that was, I mean, certainly it wasn't the first movie I saw in the theater that I that I didn't like, but that was the first time that I remember having this experience that you've you and I have talked about before. When you see a movie with a group of people, yeah, and you realize after the movie's over over that you're the only one who didn't like it, and it's yeah. like I don't I don't want to like be a dick here. Oh, that didn't stop me. Uh, <laughs> not with Fight Club. I fought, I liked Fight Club the first yeah, time. Yeah, we I saw it together. Yeah, with a yeah. with a group with from a big uh, group, yeah. bus stop, right? From uh, play um, we were doing. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I remember I saw Troy with a group, and not all people I knew. It was essentially the wedding party. Uh, so it was like okay. me and, and the groomsmen and I knew them and then like the bridesmaids and we didn't know them and everybody liked Troy except me. And, uh, I just shot my mouth off afterwards and, uh, really alienated the bridesmaids. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's 2004. I was, yeah. I was young and impetuous. Um, but, uh, how yeah. many more you got on your list? I have several, but I'm fine to, I'm fine to just kind of breeze through. Uh, yeah, do it, cause I'm saving, I, I have one left that I'm saving Okay, uh, for, it doesn't have to be last, but I'm saving for later. Okay. So I'll just do some real quick. As a kid, I didn't like critters because this is a thing I would not have been able to say. It was, it's derivative of gremlins. Oh, okay. And I wouldn't have used the word derivative and I probably wouldn't have even consciously said this is like gremlins, but worse. (laughs) But I, but that's, that's absolutely why I didn't like it. But isn't it also bloodier? Like it's an R rated movie, right? Whereas gremlins was a Uh, PG. It might it might be PG thirteen, but yes, it is it is definitely like more violent and like the critters like eat people, and I think it I think it frightened me as a kid. But I also just like I would watch it and then think I want to be watching Gremlins. Um, right, and then hold on, Critters nineteen eighty six, yeah, PG thirteen. Okay, yeah, and and there are multiple uh, sequels made, and and it it certainly has its defenders. Um, and maybe if I were to rewatch it, I would like it. But uh, they made so yeah. many of them. There was 2019 yeah. Critters Attack. Oh, I didn't know there was one that recently. Um, but speaking, of, you know, there's also like four Iron Eagle movies. Yes, I do. Yeah, um, just <laughs> Iron Eagle and one. American Ninja. Like they, yeah. uh, they just crank those things out. Oh, um, you know the other one that I, uh, the more recent one, Jarhead has a bunch of direct. Uh, there's like four Jarhead movies. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> It's crazy when you, and then doing the project that I'm working on right now, oh boy, there's like a whole Anaconda franchise, same with Deep Blue Sea, and uh, a lot more Tremors movies than you'd think, um, including a TV series, and they just made one like last year or two years ago or something. Well, there's also a thing, because like horror sequels were such a thing in the 80s that there was a thing where like the studio or whoever was, was putting out the movie would just be like, uh, we're going to name this thing. The curse Two. It oh, has yeah. Nothing to do with, oh, the yeah. I'm talking about, this is a real movie bite. The curse Two. I think is what I think it was a movie called bite. And they were like, uh, let's call it the curse Two because apparently everyone loved the movie, the curse with Will, Will Wheaton. That, uh, <laughs> no one remembers now, Yeah, but they were like, let's, let's piggyback on the back of, uh, uh, the curse and make, yeah, let's bite. ride this shooting star straight to the bank. Yeah. And I think there are like two more movies. I think there are like four, the curse movies that, none of which have anything to do with one another. Uh, so, okay. Um, 
I really liked Tommy Boy and did not like Black Sheep. Like I really, and I don't know if I'm an outlier there. I think no, I think you're right. I just think you were more savvy at that age than I was because I saw Black Sheep in the theater and was like, like this is great. The team's back together. Like I didn't Mm. have. In retrospect, it's like yeah, it's a it's a, a pale imitation. Yeah, I did not like Bad Boys at the time. And I don't like it now. And obviously bad boys two is one of the worst things ever, but that first one I just didn't really, I just didn't really like, I mean, I liked both. I I liked the two leads, but for some reason, just the movie, I just found again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know to put it this way, but I just found it just mind numbing. And, uh, and it's even one of the more restrained, uh, Michael Bay movies. I know a lot of people really stand by it, but, uh, but yeah, I didn't care for it. Um, so, uh, granted, not a lot of people liked Batman and Robin, but I was 15 when I saw it. And so, you know, not necessarily the most discerning at the time, but, uh, and I liked Batman forever, which was only a couple years before that. But in those two years, granted Batman and Robin definitely took a turn. Uh, but then so did I in the movies that I like, and I didn't care for that. Did not like, uh, Mulan. Oh, okay. And still really don't. I haven't revisited. I think I thought it was okay. Yeah. I didn't think the songs were very good. And I thought the villain was a total waste of Miguel Ferrer. And, uh, so you were old enough to at that point. That, yeah. Cause that's like 98, right? 97, 98. And okay. yeah, yeah, it's 98. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would have said, Oh, that's Miguel Ferrer in retrospect. I say that okay. what I would say is there were, there have been so many, at that time, so many great Disney villains. You had Ursula. You had grand people don't talk about rescuers down under, but the character McLeach voiced by George C. Scott, you had Gaston, you have Jafar, you've got Scar, you have kind of a lackluster one in Pocahontas. You have a great one, uh, Frollo in, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. And, uh, then you have Hades with Hercules. Like you've got some really good ones. And then Mulan comes along and this, there's just nothing to that character. And so like that, that was a a lot for me at the time. Like this, you know, I don't care about this antagonist. He's just a, he's just big and lumbering and doesn't seem, seem particularly smart. So yeah, I didn't care for that one. Speaking of uh, uh, Hercules, I don't remember if I liked Hercules or not, but it's a shame that James Woods seems to have lost his mind. Because, yeah, uh, uh, like I mentioned last week, we, we rewatched The Virgin Suicides lately, and it's not like I feel like James Woods is still alive, but I feel like we like lost a great actor, yeah, because he was great and a unique actor. Yeah. Like there are, I remember um, Clerks the animated series, which is like the best thing Kevin Smith has ever <laughs> been associated with, and then it turns out, yeah, he was working with Dave Mandel, who did uh, Seinfeld, was one of the people on Seinfeld, and uh, James Woods does a voice and. When he was asking them, like, like, oh, so what should I, what do you want me to do? And they're like, just be James Woods. And he goes, got it. And just <laughs> immediately knew what to do. And he is, he, he's like Jeff Goldblum in, in that way. Like, he could do a lot of different things, but the stuff he could do, no one else could really do. There is just yeah, a certain yeah. kind of smarminess uh, that he but could play up. But in Virgin Suicides, that's not, he's yeah. doing a whole different thing. A whole different thing. It's so good. Yeah. The other thing it I always, a shame. speaking of great actors, Every time I watch Virgin Suicides, I forget that Scott Glenn's in it. And I go, oh, mm-hmm. Scott Glenn. <laughs> He's one of those actors that pops up 
in a lot of stuff. And every time he shows up, I'm like, well, I know at least one corner of this movie is going to be pretty good. I actually had to look up when you were talking about Top, Top Gun. I was like, is it Scott Glenn or Tom Skerritt? Because those are two actors I tend to get mixed up. <laughs> uh, but it's Tom Skerritt. Okay, so I've got a few, a few more. Well, let me do my big okay. one. Okay. And then we'll wrap up with yours. The big one for me that I just cannot get on board with, and I think I have a philosophical uh, um, beef with this movie, and I want to try and convince people to stop loving this okay. movie for the reasons that they, that they do. People are going to hate that. Hate okay. Almost Famous. I don't oh, like sure. Almost Famous. Yeah. I never liked Almost Famous. And I think when I hear people talk about it, and I hear people talk about the, like, the fraternity of the uncool people. I want to be like, have some self-respect. You could be cool. It's not Mm. cool to be uncool. It's a loser's mentality. (laughs) All all that it takes. And I'm like, I know I'm, I'm like being, I'm I'm joking a little bit, but really like stop letting other people define what cool is for you. Like all that it takes to be cool is to decide that you are cool and, and, and that you are comfortable with yourself. And, and it's that, and, and that like wallowing, it just feels like such a self pitying movie. Um, because I get hung up on, on, on that aspect yeah. of, uh, of, of things. Um, and I, 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 I never liked it. I also, I mean, I don't know if this is, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the era of music that it's sure. Um, you know, the like, after Zeppelin, like yeah. uh, that, that wave of just like, uh, I don't know, like Aerosmith or like even cornier, like grand funk railroad type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like any of that stuff. Really? Anything that Homer Simpson loves. Well, he loves grand funk. Railroad. He loves grand funk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, yeah. That, that era of music. I don't like, I don't know if you're supposed to, but, uh, I just, I could never find a way into the movie and I find it's kind of like sad boy navel gazing to be, um, masturbatory. That's so, that's so interesting. I mean, I certainly, I liked it at the time and I think there are things I still like about it. Um, it's a very likable movie. Um, but I, but I definitely see what you mean. And along these lines, I would include, I would have included Napoleon Dynamite in here, but it came out, you know, what, 2004? Yeah. So it's like, I'm 22 at that point. I'm not, I feel like that, that's not the same. But one of the things that always bothered me about it is, I was like, this is a movie that's absolutely making fun of its main character. Mm. But then he has a moment of triumph at the end and everybody cheers. It's like, no, no, no. I don't believe that that audience would cheer him doing that dance. That is you doing something for the benefit of the viewing audience. To me, if he had done that dance and pulled it off flawlessly and people just stared, just mouths agape. Uh, which is much more likely to have happened. And he walks off and he doesn't care if they applaud or not. He just, he knows that he did the best he could do and he's proud of himself. That's so much better than take notes, Jared Hess for your next movie. Yeah. yeah, Yes. What's his next movie? Um, Let's look at, he did not to leave, right? He did that. Um, Oh yeah. Gentleman Broncos. He made, I didn't see that. Uh, directed a couple episodes of last man on earth, an episode of son of Zorn. Remember oh, yeah. that with a friend of the show? Yeah, Johnny Pemberton. Johnny Pemberton. Yeah, I guess Gentleman Broncos was his last feature. Yeah. And that's the thing is I, I genuinely think that like 
everyone I would talk to about the character well, no, of Napoleon Dynamite. Masterminds 2016. Oh, yeah. Place, which I didn't see. Yeah, and that looked awful to me as well. Like, all of these looked terrible to me. I did see not. I think I saw Nacho Libre. That's with Jack Black, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, I don't need to get off on uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, so I'll anyway, run- so that, that, that's my, my plea to people. Stop celebrating being uncool. Yeah. Um, it's self-defeating. Just be cool. Just find it within yourself to be cool. Yeah. What do you think... I know that we don't need to extend this episode, no, but that's fine. What do you think the definite, like the, the agreed upon definition of cool is? Oh, the agreed upon. Like the definition. one, like when people in, in almost famous, they're talking about cool versus uncool. Yeah. So what, what is cool according to almost famous, which is to say sort of okay. the, the agreed upon definition of cool. I think that has to do with a sort of, I mean, a lot of it comes down to just like, physicality and pheromones i think it has a lot to do with magnetism sure um but but also it's gonna make me sound like an old man but like being hip yeah um like being up to date or even avant-garde a little bit ahead you know uh uh if you could be ahead of the curve like john lennon that's that's cool but there's also just a charisma and magnetism i think to make people cool in that way which i think, I think there's and uh, that's not going to be that's difficult charisma is not something you can come by easily but i think and this is going to sound um this is like just a uh, such a platitude but like if you learn to be cool with yourself yeah and i think you will be more cool to other people yeah, uh, I do think, sort of along those lines, I do think that within the the accepted definition of cool is a certain detachment, a not really caring what other people think. But obviously, if you go too far with that, then it's like, well, now you're being callous to other people, um, and and you're not caring to the point of yeah. like being a sociopath. But I, but there's a difference between what you're saying, or there's two. Not it's not caring about it's not not caring about other people. Right. It's just not being self conscious. Yeah. I think that's what. And for that reason, I will never be cool. Uh, <laughs> I, I will be as far as you can get from uh, cool. But uh, you know. Well, uh, I don't know. You, uh, I know you've gone to therapy. I should probably be back in therapy. Sure. I do a lot of, I hate the term self-care because I feel like it's become a like cottage industry that's toxic and oh, yeah. predatory. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to use the term self-care, but uh, I've definitely taken a lot better care of myself in yeah. recent months and years. And that helps. Like eating pizza whenever I want, does that count as self-care? Uh, I know, but sometimes I think sure. allowing yourself to... That's a big thing that I had to learn with like, uh, like, um, you know, I'm going to eat healthier. I'm going to exercise more. And then I like don't for a few days and learning to say like, that's okay. And getting back on I, course, yes. that was a harder thing for me. Like I would just give up, I think too easily before that. Is, that is definitely something that I feel like I have gotten better at over the years is when I have a stumble in, in any number of ways, it could be just a personal thing. It could be in behavior in the past would be like, you're so fucking useless. Like, of course, of course you would do this. And then it's just like, yeah, you did that. Probably best that you didn't, but you did. Yeah. And you know what? 
like you might have an opportunity to do that again in an hour, like to, let's say eating like, yeah, you ate a piece of candy or something. I don't know. I don't eat candy. What am I talking about? But like, (laughs) like, uh, you know, you had, uh, some carb heavy thing, uh, just now. And like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. And, uh, but Hey, that bag of chips is still there. You could either get rid of the chips or just resist next time, and you've learned something, and sure, that's yeah. okay. So that's helped me a lot. Anyway, okay, moving on. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, sorry. I've, um, oh, go on. Uh, I w- was in, I, I st- I'm still in pretty good shape mm-hmm. uh, right now, but like, I'll say. Uh, <laughs> I got, you know, Natalie and I both, like, got fully vaccinated a while back, and mm-hmm. since then, you know, things are opening up. So we've been out to dinner with friends and family or just, like, ourselves, multiple times over the past few weeks and i realized like oh i put i put on a few pounds and uh uh not mad at myself about it just getting back on the back on the horse yeah like i lost 30 pounds then i gained 13 back no i gained 13 back and it's like okay i don't want to get back where i was and so i've been doing better and then i lost now i've lost three it's like okay i'm I'm, it's still a net gain, uh, I yeah. guess, loss. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I just got to... So this is all to say, the next time you get the urge to rewatch Almost Famous, just resist the temptation, like yeah. that bag of chips. Exactly. Go, go for a walk or something. Exactly. I, yeah. Get and, some, uh, get some uh, vitamin D. Is that what sunshine is? I think so. Yeah. Sunny D? Is that what... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Walk to the corner store, buy some some sunny tea. tea. Yeah, get that purple stuff out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so, uh, okay, a couple things. I never liked Fern Gully, ever. I never saw it. So many of my friends loved it. I love Avatar. That's the same, it's the same movie, right? uh, In many ways, That's what everyone says, I never saw Um, it. But yeah, it's, ah, man, even as a kid, again, I wouldn't have used, I wouldn't use any of these terms, but as a kid, instinctively, I thought this is really preachy. Uh, same with free Willy. I was like, this is really preachy. Okay. I feel like this movie's trying to do something here and I don't like it. Um, and then, uh, I did not like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two secret of the ooze because I liked the first one so much. And there are things I liked about the second one, uh, as a kid, but I also could tell, unconsciously I could tell something is different between the Mm -hmm. first and second. And what it was is the first one was really successful and the studio got involved and said, you can't be having a character with nunchucks. Everything needs to be sillier. Everything needs to be more cartoonish. You can't have this dark gritty. Does he not have nunchucks in this? I think, I think he is certainly in the cartoon. They played that down. I think he still has them in the, uh, in the sequel, but I don't think he uses them as much. I think he, uh, uses, I think it's more just like hand to hand stuff, but like Mm. that, like nunchucks were like a, a hazard for children. So they wanted to play that down. Um, but, uh, and I, and I picked up on that. It just, it didn't have the f- same like grit that the first one had. Well, yeah. Raphael says, damn. in the first Yeah. A couple one. of no times. One, no one says damn in secret no. views. And then I saw the third one once. Yeah. But that was, was I just, think by that time I was already like a little too old, but yeah, I think I just yes. wanted to see it. And I knew that Casey Jones was back and I liked yeah, and him. And they turn him into like a comic relief character. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> Brago's pretty Brago bored just, by it yeah. too. <laughs> um, so, uh, Masters of the Universe. Again, I liked He-Man stuff as a kid. And then certainly 
I didn't know all the background stuff uh, about Masters of the Universe. That it was, I think, was it was it canon or was it? Uh, okay. Damn, I think right. I think it's Sounds canon. Right. Uh, that uh, like bought up the the rights and like this was like their last gasp. They were going to make a He Man movie, and they put it out, and they did. They didn't have quite the budget they needed, and sort of like Super Mario Brothers, they they had it. They deviated a little bit too much, and uh, yeah, so it's and it just doesn't feel like it was supposed to. And I certainly didn't like it as a kid. And now you go back and you watch and you're like, Oh, there are so many other reasons to think this is bad than what I settled for as a kid. Um, and then, uh, another thing there, there's a Flintstones movie. There's two of them. There's two of them. Well, yeah, but like the, the one with like John Goodman and Rick Moranis, like that was a huge event at the time. Yeah. No one thinks about it now. No one yeah. talks about it now. I forget that there was a, li- a big live-action Flintstones movie in my lifetime. Yeah. And as Elizabeth a, Taylor. With Elizabeth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and Rosie O'Donnell as Betty Rubble, which seems uh, like odd casting. Um, it didn't but, at the time, but it's she's become a different person in our celebrity very, yeah. sphere since then. That's it. Yeah. Um, like once she became like the, the talk show host and all that, as opposed to sort of the 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 tough kind of broad. So very strange. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But then who's in because the sequel is a different cast, right? Viva yeah. Rock Vegas. Yeah. It's uh, Mark Addy. I don't know if that's how you say a day. Yeah, I don't Mark remember. Mark is. Um, but uh and then uh Stephen Baldwin. Um Um Marchetti is From the uh, Full Monty, I believe, is what but, I know him from. Well yeah, it's because you're among the handful of people who didn't watch Game of Thrones. He's Robert Baratheon. <laughs> right, yes. Uh and I yes, a friend did mention uh like the role that he uh, plays in that and says that you've never seen him in anything like this, uh which is probably true. Um because, yeah, I didn't see Viva Rock Vegas. So um, did you, were you able to name? Because they're all names. I don't know if you know all. Did, you said Mark Addy. And, and Stephen Baldwin. Stephen Baldwin. Do you remember who Wilma and Betty are? I don't. Uh, Wilma is Kristen Johnston. Oh, okay. Uh, from Third Rock. And Betty is Jane Krakowski. Huh. I could see that. Um, I'm sure it's terrible. But, yeah, like... Who else Sorry. is in this? No, I didn't realize Viva Rock Vegas is a prequel. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're, they're not married they're yet. yet. Oh, all right. So Wilma's last name is Slaghoople, and Betty's last name is O'Shale. Uh, Joan Collins is playing what I think is the Elizabeth Taylor role. <laughs> uh, that feels right. Thomas Gibson, Alan Cumming, Harvey Corman. Hey, nice. Uh, Danny Woodburn. It's a good cast. Yeah. For a movie that I'm sure is no. not good. John Cho plays a parking valet. He must have been 19 or something. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's all I got. Anyway, my point oh, is. Steve Sharippa. Oh. You know? Uh, yeah. Bobby Bacala. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep interrupting you. I know, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant oh, here's to say things. things. Rosie O'Donnell appears as Octopus Masseuse. That's odd. Uh, William Hanna and Joseph Barbera uh, show up, apparently. Um, I thought 
I guess I assumed that they were dead. Are they by like, two thousand? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, huh. uh, maybe, maybe it's a uh, maybe they're. I don't know. They're in the cast. Maybe it's a uh, archival footage. Do you know? Sorry, before we go on. Now, okay. speaking of the Flintstones and Hanna Barbera stuff, I can't believe we're talking about this. But do you know? Have you been following the Space Jam two trailers? Uh, no, oh, I never. You know what? I never saw the first Space Jam. That's a big one. That's oh, a big yeah. blind spot for me. I'm sure it's, I, I but, saw it. I didn't. I, I think I saw it when I was older. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I should have put that on my list, but I think I, it's been so long that I don't have anything to say. But yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't like Space Jam. A lot of people our age seem to. But um, so you don't know about the the crowd scenes in the Space Jam Two trailer? No. That I guess they take place within the Warner Brothers like history. So all the crowd like everyone from Warner brothers intellectual property. So like the iron giants watching the game and the Hanna Barbera people and like both, but it's all like CG, like okay. recreations, but yeah. both Cesar Romero's Joker and Jack Nicholson's Joker are, are in there. Um, Burgess Meredith and Danny DeVito penguins are in there. It gets weirder and weirder though. The further you go, um, the clockwork orange guys are watching the basketball game. Uh, one of the nuns from the devils is watching the basketball game. <laughs> uh, I think the ghosts from matrix two are, are there. It's a huge crowd scene and people have had a lot of fun, like freeze framing. There's a flying monkey from wizard of Oz, like trying to pick out all the, all the weird, like, uh, CG cameos. I don't know why this depresses me, but it does. And I don't know why I think because it, why does this depress me? I think because it says all of these things that are real works of art that mean something to you are just, yeah. they're just nothing. They're just property now. Yeah. And, the, and we're going to have rubbery fake sort of like, we're going to plug them, uh, you know, build these shapes and plug them into a, a, yeah. a, a crowd scene simulator. We are going to reduce them uh-huh. to just a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the same thing with like Ready Player One, like yeah. Iron Giant's like what? I got a good agent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Ready Player One, yeah that 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 movie depressed me tremendously. Um, just seeing that, like, and and you know what, like, uh, like short, like little, uh, both the movie and then like excerpts from the book because I haven't read the whole book. Um, that's one where we were talking before about like people who love movies, but they don't think about movies really. Um, everything about ready player one is that it's, Oh, I've seen this movie so many times that I've, I memorized it completely. It's like, okay, good for you. What now? Yeah, I don't think that was the, <laughs> That wasn't the game here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and just like, yeah, I guess you can, there's nothing wrong with just loving these things, but I think the directors themselves would, would like you to not merely accept it as this two dimensional product. They, they want you to th- maybe think more about it and maybe even ask, why do I love it so much? Yeah. As opposed to, it's just another bit of eighties pop culture and I like eighties pop culture and this is part of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it really, my, my, my heart kind of sank, uh, when, <laughs> when I saw ready player one, when you said that someone like knows the movie so well, they memorized it. My mind goes to, um, to bring this conversation full circle with how last week's conversation started. The only good thing about Shrek ever is the scene in I am legend. Absolutely. <laughs> Will Smith quotes an entire, like multiple characters point, like uh, parts of an entire scene of Shrek without any, like, 
<laughs> expression yeah. uh, or inflection in his voice. Um, yeah, that's uh, uh, I Am Legend is a movie that uh, is literally a masterpiece for about 60 minutes and then just falls apart. I don't know if it falls. I don't think it falls apart fully. It just becomes a more conventional movie. Hmm. But up until that moment, up until the movie, I mean, it's not, not to blame the other actors, but it, when other people show yeah. up an hour in, it stops yeah. being a good movie. to make. I would agree with that. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I, I mentioned uh, the Flintstones. Like that was just there was a big event that I was looking forward to, and then even as I was ninety four, so even as a twelve year old, I was like, "This is this seems excessive to me." Um, but yeah, uh, that and outside of uh, Back to the Future, as I did not like anything Michael J. Fox was in as a kid, um, whether it be Doc Hollywood or uh, Secret of My Success or any really anything. That he was Never involved saw in anything. Any yeah. I knew him from Family Ties. Yeah, I didn't and, mind that. And Back to the Future. What else yeah. was he in at that? Oh, he, Secret of My Success was a, a shockingly Life with uh, Mikey. Life with Mikey. Never saw that. Doc Hollywood for Love or Money. Um, like my parents, I think were a fan of his, so we wound up like watching all of these movies. And for whatever reason, I don't know if I necessarily blame him, but he just for whatever reason. Maybe it's that I had a hard time seeing seeing him as anything but Alex Keaton and uh, Marty McFly, but I don't think it's that. I think it was just like these are all kind of whatever, and uh, I don't like his, I don't like the choices he's making as an actor. <laughs> I wouldn't have yeah. put it that way. I like him in the Frighteners. I like the Frighteners. Yeah, that's yeah. that's absolutely. Um, but I don't. I wonder think... if any of the Frighteners are in Space Jam too. <laughs> that's Warner Brothers, isn't it? Am I wrong? I th- Maybe that's Universal. I think it's Warner Brothers, but I, yeah, I might be wrong. But uh, but yeah, so I'm sure there are, there. Are, I, I know there are actually many others uh, on my list, but I, I'd be fascinated uh, in the comment section. Yeah, uh, people feel feel free to uh, weigh in on because again, you and I are a certain age, and so undoubtedly there are movies like if people are ten years younger, there are movies that were vital to their childhood, and maybe uh, they didn't care for those. So I, I'd love to know uh, people's uh, chime in their own versions of this. All right. Well, we did it. Um, uh, you can find us at battleshipretention.com or email us at david at battleshipretension.com or tyler at battleshipretension.com. I'm on Twitter at Davy Pretension. Uh, I didn't review anything this week. Um, but there are review. There are new reviews. There's one of the amusement park, I believe. Oh, yeah, the amusement park. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Chase reviewed the amusement park. That's right. Um, and then, yeah, last week, I guess I didn't mention the Undina review that i wrote and um scott reviewed a movie that tove or tova i'm not sure how you yeah uh yeah you're right there are there are reviews uh up and uh check those out uh follow tyler on twitter at tyler pretension do you everything the plug i do not all right well then thank you for listening we'll get you next time bye bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.